What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Den Talks Podcast is powered by DenAnywhere.com. You guys go to DenAnywhere.com now, no matter where you live in the world, and you can take our classes virtually and live. Go to DenAnywhere.com and sign up for just $29.99 a month. You get a limited access to our classes with over 150 a month to choose from. Plus, most of them are archived, so if you can't make the exact time, you can catch them later. We still also have our workshops and our certifications now all accessible to you no matter where you are. Go to denanywhere.com. This is Tal. I'm your host, and welcome to Den Talks Podcast. Today, I'm talking to Amanda Chantal Bacon. She is the founder and creator of Moon Juice. I'm actually excited this episode's coming out now, kind of doing COVID-19, because, I mean, Moon Juice is just amazing. I've been taking my supplements like it's nobody's business every day, and not only do they taste delicious and are easy, it's I know it's keeping me healthy. I can feel the difference. I can also see it in my skin. She's also more than just Moon Juice, kind of you can tell where Moon Juice was created from. She's this amazing woman that we got into this really kind of deep discussion about not living in the black and white, having to kind of live beyond and see all the gray, which I think right now especially is such an important lesson to kind of pull and derive from. She's just really interesting how she's kind of always operated from life, always kind of knowing that her body needs to be treated differently. And again, important lesson right now, I think, is how can we listen to our bodies and actually let them be guiding the way instead of all this chaos guiding the way, which just is freaking us all out. Um, anyway, I really hope you like this episode. She is an amazing, beautiful woman. Her products are incredible. What she is doing is incredible. Please let us know what you think. about is that horrible to say I'm like whatever right or wrong like the teachings work for me like it's okay but it's just the way some people have been expressing it on both sides makes my whole like body cringe I I understand and so I've like I was unfortunately telling her I'm like I'm struggling because I'm hearing people that I feel like should be and I know everyone's human but aren't talking the talk mm-hmm. but at the same time talking the talk and you're like but now you're you gotta walk I mean like we'll literally be teaching a class about one thing and then behaving completely in the opposite completely. way and it's hard yeah makes me sad yeah like really sad so I was like and it's funny because I'm like I really don't care about the drama of it people are human so they do really good things and they do really shitty things and whether what's true and that could go on either side whatever was true I don't know I wasn't there yeah there you know it's interesting my vibe that I've kind of gotten off of it is that one age of Aquarius everything everything will be known yes Um, interesting everything will be revealed and so you know, there there is a That's part of me that relates to. This is part of his teachings. 
I agree with that, by the way. That there's actually a teaching embedded in this, and it's like a time code activation, age of Aquarius, and, and that there's actually some message in this. Um, and one of the messages, I think, would be polarity. For sure. Not even talking about stories within ourselves. Yeah. And so I feel like what it has brought up for me. I'm just giggling because I've been having this exact conversation for, keep going. Is it, it's brought up um, polarity within myself. Mm-hmm. And it immediately brought that up. Um, just so if we roll into this, just so people know we're talking about in, in a spiritual world, just accusations being made to someone who has since passed of sexual misconduct and abuse. And we're not saying who's right or wrong. We're just talking about it in a bigger general sense. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting looking at that is like, uh, I took it as a teaching. Um, but keep going with what you were saying about the polarity within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I took it as a, as a teaching from somebody that I have related to as a teacher for many, many years. And so here's another teaching and where do I go in myself? And it took me to um, a place of polarity. And to be able to look at that polarity in myself, um, you know, there's one part of me that goes to a dark, paranoid, um, afraid place. Regularly? No, no. Just just in relating to, to this. To this. Got it. Okay. Um, I'm glad I, I mean, clarified. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I, I, I go to that dark, paranoid, <laughs> terrified place sometimes, not regularly. <laughs> but I take super you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, good that you say that, because let's be clear, that paranoid, dark place is not a place that uniquely came up with with just looking at the situation, right? Right. It takes me to two. It takes me to a whole range of places within myself, and so I go to the child, the child that's still, you know, grappling and afraid of weird, weird parental things that happen to me. Um, all the way through a whole arc of thoughts and emotions and processing. And eventually took me to, you know, over the weekend, the place that no matter what I'm looking at, no matter what comes in my field, where I want to be and where I live now is um, not this black or white world. I couldn't agree with you more. And that actually the, the I have lived in a very black, black and white world and um, very reactive little bit of news comes in, situation comes in, and I'm terrified. You know, and the flip side of that is there's the, the terror. Well, no one should have enough power over you that some that. story, some scene, some opinion is going to rock you to the core where you are not okay anymore. I agree with that. I think that's why... And we share some more practice in the grand scheme. I don't know day to day, but um, I feel like that's what the practice is for, is to become steady in that breeze and steady in that wind or in that storm. And I, I've, it's really been 
heavy on me too, not just this news, but lately, like I was bringing it up before with kind of the Kobe Bryant stuff when people mm-hmm. were going after him as the rapist. And it was the same thing. And I kept saying, and I was even teaching in my own classes, like polarity exists. Mm-hmm. It exists in a macro and in a micro and mm-hmm. in yourself. And so the minute you start looking at someone as one thing mm-hmm. and not the duality that we all carry and not the multifaceted version of ourselves where we're growing and learning, the minute you're like constricting yourself to becoming just one thing and mm-hmm. defining yourself by one thing and not being able to evolve. Yeah. And it just makes me so sad. And so when I see people kind of like you said, and you see, we see it politically in our country too, the reaction, it's, you know, a lot of talk about the dark and the light mm-hmm. and people feel like they're sticking up for one thing, but in the way they're doing so, mm-hmm. it's just as dark. Right. Yeah. Um, Yep, it, it takes me back to an everyday. I mean, every event really takes me back to being in yourself. Yeah. Trusting yourself. Um, not, not in some antisocial, paranoid way, but I, I think it's healthy to walk through the world in you cannot outsource <laughs> yourself. There's going to be no doctor, no parent, no spouse, no child, no politician, no health care. No, there will never be one thing that's just going to be good. Right. It's good. It's there to take care of you. It, that is not the world. And so we see it in, in these big moments of polarity. And it stirs something up in us. And, and I think people... What's the outrage, you know, comes in when it's easier to look to the outside and want that one thing or that thing that just takes care of it all Mm -hmm. than it is to go inside and know that you can only find that security within yourself. So it's so much easier to get either obsessed or angry at whatever it is then it's it's interesting it's funny you're saying this because I was I called my husband this morning I'm like oh my god my daughter's four so I'd be curious because you have an older child and you know we're still a little bit in that bubble but it's starting to pierce like when you start having conversations where you can't necessarily hide you know I don't want to same thing I want her to know what the world truly is but I also want to do it in a delicate fashion so she can build herself up before we you know what I mean and it was as simple as she was playing with her Woody doll from Toy Story. Mm-hmm. And she goes, what is this? And she pointed, he has the gun holster. No gun, but a gun holster. And I was like, how strange that this has never come up. That holds a hairdryer. <laughs> right. And I don't want to lie. And that's where I don't do well. So I was like, oh, it's a gun holster. She's like, what's a gun? And I'm like, how does she not? Which I actually was like, wow, interesting. So I had to start telling her what a gun was. And it became this whole conversation about because she is in that bad guys, good guys phase. You know, they all go through it. Like, oh, bad guys and this. And it was so hard because as I'm answering these questions as a mom, I'm like, what level are we at that I can start peeling this back? Because I can't peel it back too much because she'll have, it'll create a distrust of everything. But I don't want to create this perfect euphoria either. That's bullshit because I want her to also understand the complexities and how beautiful complexities are. And like, Bad guys, in my mind, aren't all bad either. There's levels and layers, and they might do some bad things, but there's... But, oh, my God, all of a sudden I found myself being like, how do I reset this entire conversation? Because it was so complicated. 
And I could tell like when she started to get overwhelmed and I was like, at this age, what's the line? Like, how far do I talk? But my point is it spurred from that place of, I know the world is filled with a ton of gray. Mm -hmm. Nothing is black and white, which might be one of the hardest things to explain to a kid. But I think the problem is when you don't educate the kids in the gray at all, that's where we get into this world that is like only living in polarity. Because that's what they're tra- we're trained to think of until we're older. And also, and we're like, what is all this? I think the evolution of consciousness. We are here. It's, yeah. it's some adolescence that we're in, but um, definitely speaks to a part of myself that n- needs to evolve. Some some growing pains. You know, it's kind of right right in time with. Um, I spent I spent a good portion of my life really upset and rebelling against the healthcare system, allopathic medicine, parental figures, societal, you know, just there's that phase of life. Um, what was that phase for you? Uh, you know, mo- most, mo- most of my life. Most <laughs> You're like phase or my life. <laughs> <laughs> that has been most of my life. Um, you know, and, and coming around to, well what are some things that can be appreciated from that? You know, just taking allopathic medicine. There are incredible, incredible parts to that. That is not something that should be ignored. Um, Diagnostics, for example, are incredible. I use that blended with something else. Um, Certain politicians, certain teachers, certain, you know... You and and it's the same with I don't have a GP. I I have a board of advisors that I go to because this one's really good at looking at blood and hormone panels, and I take that, and then I have somebody else look at blood and hormone panels. We have that conversation on the side. They both recommend things. I take it to someone else. I do some muscle testing. I'm not going to use their sourcing of supplements. I'm going to source my own stuff. And so I think it's a great analogy for what we need to be doing in the world Yeah, is that... um, You've got to have your own discernment. When do you feel like that started a switch for you? Because you said most of your life you were like kind of frustrated and angry. Mm-hmm. When do you feel like that shift started? Well, I think that I've had some experiences, you know, and it somehow all all ties into this polarity <laughs> that we began the conversation with. Is I've had my own experiences of. Um, spiritually, in relationship, health-wise, whatever was uh, not met as a child, and having this fantasy of there's there's a daddy out there who's perfect, there's a really good mom, like I, I feel like I've seen it, and I want that, and I'm craving that. And, and it's this unfulfilled fantasy that I walked around the world with. And so, you know, that popped up in all aspects of my life, looking for the Savior, looking to just blindly let all of my own thoughts go away. And, and okay, I just want, Someone's one, gonna ta- yeah. just want one person to just save me. Just come in here and change the thing. it all. Just, you know, they give me that one magic pill. Give me the one magic diet. Give me the one magic health thing I can take to. And it really showed up in all parts of my life. So autoimmune condition, I'm sorry. There's not one doctor that helped me. 
And I get this from a lot of people. Hey, can you give me the one book that changed your life? Can you give me the one quote that changed your life? Can you give me the one thing that changed your life? And, I'm, and it's not super you. Sadly, right? I'd well, I think that's interesting. <laughs> I was going to say with the business you do, and we get it here at the den a little bit in that same way. When people come in and they're like, "Is this class going to fix me and change everything?" I, I mean, just they don't want one thing, it, right? They want the miracle cure. Yep. And I'm assuming with you, when you have all these amazing—I mean, from all different things, whether it be you know ingestible, you know your eat—I mean, it's just incredible. Now you have like a whole skincare like line. How I could imagine people come in and they're just like. I want to buy this and I want it to fix everything. Yes. And, and I kind of love that you're saying, well, that's not the answer. No, it's, it's a really good tool. And, um, and that's what life has brought me to, is that wherever you're going, use your intelligence, get into a strong place, trust your intuition, get into this like stable place within yourself. Nobody can do that for you. Nobody nobody and so this this is the the era when I think it's healthy like it, it's the end of the doctor in the white coat it's the end of the one guru it's the end of the, the one pill and that is a little scary for, for a lot of people you know spend and I think if this is triggering you if you are angry if you are going to throw out all of your teachings and, and all of the things that have helped you in this moment, like, take, hmm, take, take a, a beat. <laughs> take a breath. Yep. Let's settle down. It's polarity planet. Also, nobody nobody needs to have a fast and quick reaction. We don't need to, well, like... that's what I agree with like, you. Like, pro proclaim everything on Instagram, like, in, in the first 24 hours. Like, let's take a break. I know. I felt like teams have formed, and it, that's what was made me so uncomfortable. It was that, that, like... Well, it's unnecessary, because it doesn't really matter. I guess is where I kept going. I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Nope. And Whatever the truth is... Everyone's got their own truth. Everyone has their own truth, exactly. And there's so many layers to what creates that truth. That Everyone has their own truth. Yeah. And so I think that in every situation, we have, we have an opportunity to choose what your truth is for, for the moment. And so it could be something really big affecting a lot of people, whether it's political, whether this is another political situation. Yeah, yeah. The political stuff, really, whether it's like veganism versus paleo, whatever. Well, how do you feel about that? Because it's so funny. This brings up all of my like my trigger fun conversations because yeah. it's all stuff I feel strongly about. Are you? Do you eat only? Are you vegan? Are you? Do you eat meat? What do you? I, I take the same approach to eating that I that I take really with all situations now, which is. Um, I, I've never claimed hard and fast. You know, I, I don't make these proclamations about myself. Um, Me neither. Ne never, never say never. You know, what, whatever exactly. that is, like never say never. Because you don't so know what changes or what you might need or... I like to meet every situation with, um, again, some neutrality, some intelligence little bit of space. Um, there's no need to make any hard and fast judgments. And again, I don't 
give away my authority to someone else telling me to do something. I take a lot of advice. I take a lot of information. Give it a little time and space. and See what comes up. See what happens. And so I do that without, you know, diet included. My inclination, how I feel best, what I like most, um, plants. That resonates with me. I really like that. Um, going through pregnancy, going through many, many years of breastfeeding. Um, mm, sometimes the body needs some other things medicinally. And so I, I look at it, you know, the same way I would look at taking tinctures and herbs and I don't think there's anything bad in this world is the other thing and that's been part of this that's growing up. That's a beautiful up. way to say it. I don't think anything on this planet is bad. I don't think there are truly evil people. I really don't. I agree. I don't. I, I, I just don't. And that, that's been a big one for me because I've demonized a lot of people, places, things in this life. And um, that, that took me to a spookier and spookier place. place within myself. And so, I don't know. I kind of feel like... I'm with you. I don't think anyone's fully evil is, either. Is, is happening for us. I agree. It's funny. It's like that's a conversation that can't get you in it with people because I'm with you. I don't think anyone is fully evil. Nope. I think people do bad things, yep. but I think people that are portrayed as really good people do bad things too. 100%. And um, it's gotten me into a lot of conversations where it's hard when you try and have that conversation with people. I've learned to just not always engage in it because what comes out sometimes is they automatically feel like you're what's the word like defending what in their mind is evil yep. you know what I mean and it's hilarious because I'll always leave being like wait how did I become the blank supporter like how did I become that person you know yeah. what I mean and I'm like well I'm not but it's and it it was That's more them. exactly it was more informing to me of like okay, they're just not in a place yet where they can see the totality, and that's okay. It's okay. And it's okay. I just wouldn't be comfortable not seeing the totality. It wouldn't make me and my bones feel comfortable because I just know there's more to man, yep. period. And it wouldn't be fair to myself to limit somebody else that way. Yep. Um, and, it, you know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't serve. It doesn't, it doesn't serve your relationships. It doesn't serve, you know, I think one of the healthiest things you can do in parenting is, you know, I, I really try to, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I mean, you heard my lovely conversation this morning. I really blundered my way through that one. <laughs> but, but showing your children. Yeah, hey, like I'm, I'm, I'm having a moment. I, that's a teaching moment to give them because they need to be taught to get into their own middle space, trusting their intuition, being their own person. And, you know, that should start very early on. Yeah. And that you're just another thing outside of them. You know, you're, you're trying to protect them and you're showing up to the best of your capacity. Um, but you are not perfect. Nope. I say it all the time. I love it. And so now I love my daughter's reaction because I'm always like, well, mommy mis makes mistakes. Like I say it constantly. So now if she makes a mistake or something, I'll be like, well, sometimes we make mistakes. She's like, yep, yep, we do. That's her response. Yeah. That cute little four-year-old. Like, yep, sometimes we make mistakes. Yep, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so adorable. I'm like, but it's true. I mean, mistakes are part of it. If you start beating yourself for that, you're, it's a long haul. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's, um, 
It's cool. We're in the breakdown of this Piscean authority. But you can, at least I'll speak for myself, I can feel being in the middle of the transition yeah. versus because we're not on one side or the other nope. and I can feel it. Like I, and it seems so, it's so clear. Like you just see it, like whether it's the politics, I mean, there's so many overt things happening yep. around us that you like can just feel the shift happening and people holding so tight. I and mean, we're about to politically have spy versus spy. Oh, it's kind it's of like, it's insane. No, the whole, everything's insane. People are getting fired every day for saying the wrong things. And I can never wrap my head around what people are allowed to say anymore, what they're not allowed to say. Like, oh, it is a transition for sure. And you can yeah. feel people pulling on both sides yep. to get it, to, to keep it and to move it. You know what I mean? It's interesting. It's really interesting. Do you feel like as a child, like if you look back at your childhood, what do you feel like your point of view of the world was? It was really polarized. Um, I and she's I from felt, New York. You uh, had yeah, like I'm from, from New York in the city. In the city, I um, felt very upset growing up. Um, Always, kind of. Do you kind of just remember that when you look back to your childhood? Yeah, it felt dark. It felt cold. Um, I felt unseen, unheard. I was thrown into some educational system that was um, really stressful and scary and didn't work for me. I was thrown into a medical system that was really anti-body rather than pro-body. And by that, what do you mean? Like the traditional anti-biotics, like, yeah. anti-psychotics, anti-everything that... Because um, I feel like... How, am I allowed to ask how old you are? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. How old am I? Um, I forget all the time. Or am too. I 36 or 37? I'm 36, yeah. But it, it was definitely more of a time where people, kids were prescribed everything, I everything. feel like. It yeah. was very, it was in vogue in the 90s to really like hit that, hit that psych doctor on the Upper West Side, <laughs> get your cocktail of meds, hit your GP on the Upper East Side, get all the antibiotics, get the birth control, even though you weren't having sex. I mean, it was just that, that medical paradigm. Um, and that educational paradigm, which, you know, I found to be Intense. equally toxic. Um, Did you and go to, then, like, one of the private schools there that, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and then I, I just had a home life that was really dysfunctional as well. What was your relationship with your parents like? Um, it was really dysfunctional <laughs> growing up there. So... I, there wasn't space to ever stop and get off the ride. Um, there wasn't really like was it a, very success, a safe quote unquote success driven, like good grades, do this. Like when you're talking about the ride, what was that for you? Um, well, I, you know, I was like barely making it in school, really, really flunking through most things. My parents, I think, were really tied up in their stuff. My mom was working very hard. Um, they ha- she worked for Betsy Johnson, right? So she, she had was the like partner, a, yeah. She was, was like a fancy CEO. career. Yeah, it was it was a big career. Um, so and I really can appreciate that now. As being, a mom, being in um, founder CEO position, I know what that's like. She had that going on. Um, she had a marriage. Um, they had a child who was autistic. 
um, and trying to navigate that in in the mid '90s was a different scene than I think it was yeah. now. So there was a lot of that going on. Um, Same dad mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. Um, do you remember like a lot of ang- like was there a lot of anger in the house or just kind yeah. of yeah the, the the home felt like a dark and scary place not this thing that you hear somebody talk about what you know safe and like you can always be yourself at home that was not my experience and so I think what that created for me was this fantasy that in other homes the grass is always greener there, there's like a home somewhere out there where um, everything is perfect and that. I think really primed me to go out into the world. So one was to rebel against all of that and and throw out any wisdom, anything good that may have been in there. Black, just black X. Isn't it funny how as kids, like as adults now, you look back and you're like, yeah, they're not wrong. We were pretty dumb in something. You know, like some of the things we do out of like, I'll show you. And you're like, well, that probably didn't help us any. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's part of it. Just very black and white. And yeah. going out into the rest of the world and really like you Did you know, feel like your love for and from your family was black and white too? Um Yeah. I, I think everything got really hyper polarized. And within that, you know, there is a complete distrust of one scene. And not being stabilized, not finding that middle ground within myself yet was to just hop ship and and go find some other system and like fully trust and, you know, naively throw all of myself into this thing because it's good. And so that was like, like the master cleanse. I don't know, like finding weird health Thing. Like obscure health things where it's like, I'm only going to eat bananas for 31. Well, I didn't actually do that. But you get, you get how, like my How gist. old were you when you started doing stuff like that? Like, are you still at home? Had you no, no. left at this point? Because I know you left, was it after high school or still during high school? Um, yeah, towards, towards the end there. So I, did I you graduate out. or were you like, fuck this? It was like, fuck this. And then somehow you got I your, finagled you got a way to like get the, get <laughs> the degree. Yeah, but I wasn't actually there for the graduation. So it's kind of a haze. I can't remember how that happened, but it did. Um, yeah, pol- just polarity and, and really looking at a lot of practices that I signed up for in my 20s and, you know, even into my 30s where you are going to, again because you're searching for that good, because everything you experienced you have labeled so bad and evil that that the good must be there. And, you know... That just becomes disappointing. And shocking yeah. and scary. <laughs> and so when you have found this one doctor and one teacher and one companion and one friend that is going to be everything that is good that's going to heal you of that terrible experience you will be disappointed every time um and I think ultimately the lesson in that is to like keep shoving your face into um the the hurt and the pain that can kind of stabilize you to get to the middle 
the middle place. So as you were off, like, so you said, fuck this, I'm out. You don't go to your high school graduation. You start traveling, right? And you mm-hmm. start kind of going out and having adventures, which your family supported you in. They were like, go do, even though I'm sure it probably made them nuts. I'm going to guess from how you're describing it, right? Are they, at that point where they're like, is she ever going to come back? Is she going to have a career? Is she going to? Probably. Probably. I don't know. I think, you know, my mom has. Um, Are you guys close now? Yeah. You know, and I think she has been supportive. She had her own journey like that and wound up, you know, standing. Okay, amazing announcement. There is a silent retreat happening this weekend. Go to denanywhere.com to sign up. It is in the Hollywood Hills. We are doing very limited sign-ups, so everyone will be spaced out. There's going to be a totally open wall with the air coming in. We are making it as safe as possible. So come, if you need this time and have a moment of silence and actually be guided by Heather Preet, who is incredible, and be able to go deeper, this is a tough time for everyone. So if you are able, we are providing this. But again, it's very limited sign-ups in order for us to follow all safety protocols. Everything will be cleaned. We will be on top of it. But if you're interested, go to denanywhere.com or shoot us an email if you want more information. August 22nd and 23rd, we have a Compassion Intensive. This is going to be incredible. It's with Heather Preet. It was developed by her. This is an incredible course that has a six-week format. So you go on August 22nd, 23rd. It's going to be virtual, so you don't go anywhere, actually, except for your computer. But it is virtual, and it is from 12 to 5, both days that week. And you're going to be learning the science, the practice, the history of compassion in a secular and ancient Buddhist context. It's going to be lectures, practice, readings, discussions. And it is a six-week format, so that after that, on your own, you're being you're given practices and meditations that you need to do each week for those six weeks. And it ends with a day long retreat in October, whether that retreat is in person or virtually, we do not know yet, but we will keep you posted. But regardless, this is an incredible six week format of a course that allows you go to deeper into yourself and understanding compassion for yourself, for others and universal compassion. I hope you sign up, go to denanywhere.com now, go to courses and certifications. You know, there's a lot of parents who I feel like and I've seen it, they hold on so tight and they do it with the probably opposite intentions, just like all this love and support and goodness. But then all of a sudden comes time for like either after high school or if people go to college after college and all of a sudden that child has like no freedom of choice, Mm -hmm. whether it's overt or not. And I've seen that then get dismantled. And I always laugh because I feel like I felt very similar to you a lot in my childhood a lot of anger, more than kind of like dark inside. It was just a lot of anger. But where I have to hand it to my mom in a big way, there was always this support of you do you. Like, I mean, the pressure for other stuff and pressured me a lot. But I remember it like it never occurred to me as I would do, like just go, I'm going to go live here now or I want to go apply for a job here. Like things that didn't fit in the traditional mold in my family. And people later would be like, isn't your mom like upset you're moving to California? I was like, oh, it's California or Japan. I think she's thrilled. Like mm-hmm. it never occurred to me to even put that in the equation of consideration because she never made it part of the equation, which I really appreciated mm-hmm. because then as I got older and I saw some of the kids who came from more of the idyllic households, they were struggling then in their 20s with their parents in a big way because there was this push and pull of identity. Does that make sense? So like yeah. I might have struggled younger for many reasons, but then I always say my parents were amazing adult parents, like yep. really supportive for at once I was like an adult. Yep, yep. 
You were considered your own person. Yeah, which I really appreciate because yeah. I see the damage the other version can do too. Yeah. I mean, we all get screwed up somehow. But <laughs> so, so you're off, you're traveling. Now talk about a little bit, you say that a lot of like Moon Juice was also inspired, which I want to hear about kind of this is your chance, like you're now becoming who you are. But you found out you did have a hypothyroid condition. Yeah. Right. Now, did, when did you find that out? Because you had it since you were a teenager. Yeah. I, you know, I had known as a teenager and it later got diagnosed as autoimmune. Which is always like the rabbit hole of. Yeah. It was a, not it was feeling a good. great <laughs> opportunity to really get into. Hmm. I don't believe that this is just some condition that I need to medicate with synthetic drugs for the rest of my life I do believe that this came from like I, I can feel the places that I'm fucked up right and I need to unpack this and but again it, you know it wasn't one thing so it's herbs it's lifestyle it's meditation it's movement practices it's getting really honest about things that have made me angry. It's places that I don't feel safe. It's finding new ways of relating to myself, to the world. You know, so it's not that one magic pill that right. people are looking for. Um, there are really helpful bullets that gave me the space to get into some of the harder, deeper stuff. Um, but, you know, like anything in life, it's not just going to be one person, one straight and narrow path. But when did you, so clearly you weren't part of a stuff you were going through as you were dealing with this in high school, I'm guessing, in mm -hmm. middle school too. When did you start looking for help or a diagnosis? When did that start? I got really serious about it um, 15 years ago. So you were... Okay, so you, it's kind of like after you left the house when you started your travels. Was there something that happened in your body where you're like, no, this is not normal. I need to find out what's going on. Yeah. Um, not menstruating in my early 20s. That's it's a big issue. deal. Yeah. That's a big deal. Being told by, you know, allopathic doctors that I just, oh, you know, you just may not be fertile. It's probably going to be really <laughs> hard for you. It's like, what? You know, so I could, I, it, it, that coincided with, um, I must have been 20, 23. I was living here and really starting to have difficult conversations with myself, like difficult realizations with myself at the same time as, you know, really getting in and getting some of that um, hard data, hormones, blood, gut stuff, which this is pre-wellness industry. Yeah, so I'm impressed you were getting some of this stuff. I, I, went, for the, I went for the deep dive. I like it. Um, and so that and really starting to unpack the subconscious. Now, were you as a child, like, were you always a curious person? Mm -hmm. Because I feel, yeah, because I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people might just go, feel like I'm not feeling great. I feel like I've never felt great okay, this is what it is, and just kind of go down the straight and narrow. So the fact that you were doing this deep dive in a time, especially that a lot of this stuff wasn't as available, so you really had to go for it, that just was always kind of your personality? That, that was my greatest hope in life as a child, um, which is one of the blessings of coming from a place that really didn't fit 
It didn't, it didn't feel good. It didn't fit. Um, and so rather than give up and say, well, the world is just a shitty, dark, cold, lonely place, that didn't feel true to me. Um, and so really my goal in life was not to go to Harvard, not to make a bunch of money, not to do any of that, but I really just wanted to experience happiness mm -hmm. and contentment and peace. When do you feel like that goal in life started surfacing for you? I feel like it really, really started to come in in a strong way after having my son. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that motherhood will give you a mirror and an opportunity um, and almost a advocating for something outside of yourself in ways that you will not be kind to yourself. You will not advocate for yourself. You will do so for your child. It's amazing, right? <laughs> and learn to do that for yourself. So that, that was a huge boon for me, becoming a mother. Now that's interesting because you open. You started Moon Juice around the same time that he was born, right? They, um, I had been in the works and trying to get it open and found out I was pregnant. So they really have been this simultaneous journey. Wow. So like when you opened the doors, was he born already? Yes. Wow. That's so funny. That's like me in here. Levy was three months old when the doors opened. Yes. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's... Oof. I tell people when I actually think back to that time, my whole, my whole body actually kind of does this a little bit because just yeah. what I put it through. Yep. I mean, like, I actually, I'm like choked up thinking about it. I don't know if you get like, I can see you too. You kind of like stood up a little bit more. It's like, ew, it is a lot physically, emotionally. Like I tell people all the time I used to, and I wasn't a napper. I nap now more since I had a kid too. I just put it in, but like, I would literally set my, I'd put my head down and set my alarm for 10 minutes because that's all I had. But I knew that in 10 minutes, I'd be out so far because the exhaustion was so mm -hmm. deep. And sure enough, like I'd put my head down, the alarm would go off 10 minutes later, I'd have like drool like coming down. I mean, that's actually a superpower to it, be able to nap on command like that. Well, that's how, to, I don't think I naturally have it. I don't think right, today I could put. passing out. Yeah, it's, it was that okay. bad. I don't think today if I was like, give That's me 10. That's also a superpower, <laughs> passing out on command. Well, then I had a great superpower. It was a, it was a, one of the most beautiful times because of the growth and the experience, but also one of the hardest times I've ever mm -hmm. experienced. And I don't think, I didn't realize it was hard until I kind of got out of that period. I don't know how you felt. I'd be curious to know. I remember it was maybe like eight months or a year in where I just turned to my to Alec, my partner, my husband, my boyfriend, and something came up about it. And I said, oh, wow, that was a really hard time. And after I said it, I just started crying. And that's when I realized, like, it was a, and I see, yeah, I still get it. I started to feel like what my body felt like the whole time. But, like, you're just, I was in such a zone mm -hmm. that I didn't actually allow myself to feel it when I was in it because I probably wouldn't have been able to do it, to be honest. And it's only after the fact was I like, oh, shit, that's a lot. Yeah. I guarantee you, you would take learnings and you would do it very differently. Absolutely. And, that, and that's Absolutely. the nice thing to see is, you know. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. 
Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. No, we don't talk enough about as women what happens postpartum. Um, and we are beginning to talk about it as a society now. There's a lot of work to do there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're just coming off the tail of this, like, work hard, play hard, yeah. pop the baby out, get right back to work. And that's not the way nature works. That's not um, what's intended. And it actually, I've realized, is way more efficient to take 40 days and get very serious about healing and resting and staying Bonding. contained yeah. and having people really protect that container for you and just having that expectation of 40 days. If you can commit to that, you are healed. You are back on yeah. your feet. And I look at like, whoa, it's like three years postpartum is when it hit me. Because really? I, I didn't I didn't give any of that to myself. And I just like tried to go, go, go and drag the baby along with me. And three years later, it's like I'm back in some autoimmune-ish state, feeling awful and having to pick up the pieces, that actually, just as, like, as a business person, that's not efficient. And so if I could look at the, at the analytics on the scene, yeah, of course, it makes more sense for you to invest heavily and properly in 40 days and be back on your feet and mentally, physically, spiritually online after that then not give yourself those 40 days and limp through the next three years. I do think there's something, though, that's different. It's the, which you did and I did, I'm sure other people out there have done too. It's starting something brand new, Mm -hmm. coinciding with that brand new life. Oh, yeah. Because starting something new is hard. I always said it. I'm like, those were two things that are hard on everybody simultaneously. Just becoming a new mom can be hard on people. And starting any new business Mm -hmm. is hard, as you know, because you have to put like so much into it. And so then doing them at the same time, it's like, like, it doesn't surprise me, but I find it actually kind of funny because of what you do. The fact that like, you're literally putting out this healthy way of living that you went back and found like your autoimmune stuff kind Mm -hmm. of popping up again is really fascinating. But that doesn't surprise me because it is so hard on the body. Yeah. And we don't realize how much like our nervous system is literally just firing like circuitry and just like creating these like fires in us. I do think that if I had done the 40 days... Oh, so you didn't do that, right. I didn't do the 40 days. I really think things would have been different. Um, And then, you know, I think in the last almost nine years of those... I also was a single mother with my first baby. So... um, just doing it again <laughs> and having having a baby, having a partner, um, having a very different scene at work, having a team that I love and really trust at work. Changed it. Really has changed so much. But what I notice is my nervous system has changed so much. Mm-hmm. And um, it's incredible to see. I mean, lots of things are different, but I would say really at the core of it, what feels very different for me is my nervous system. Thousand percent. And the what I can hold now. Let's talk about that a little bit because a lot of people don't understand that. And it's something I talk a lot about, especially in my classes of mm-hmm. like our container. And the more we can kind of 
increase our container to hold more, just our capacity for life just increases. But talk yeah. a little bit about it so people understand and how you felt the change. Yeah, well, I, um, it's a lot harder to rattle me these days. Um, and so relationship, work, the outside world, I mean, it really goes back to just having a safe place that you live in inside of yourself. Um, and that space has been built through really getting rattled, rattled to the point of, you know, like auto autoimmunity, rattled to the point of, you know, like down on the floor crying and there's no safe space in this world for me and like, am I ever going to be happy? So when was the last time you remember doing that? Oh, you know, probably a decade ago. But coming from that place, well, no, I would say that professionally, <laughs> no, no, I'm mean personally probably Dec a decade ago. ago um, professionally, there were some very scary moments in there, being alone with a child, being alone in a business, and just having moments of like, oh my God, I can't even make payroll. I hear I'm you. not going to be able to pay for vegetables. How are we going to... Pay the people. <laughs> how are we going to make the juice? Oh, my God. I've got 45 people on a cleanse. Like, I, you know, that and, and, and feeling sick and not being able to sleep. And where's the money going to come from? And so, granted, I'm in a different position at work now. There's more structure. There's more organization. Support. There's support. Um... But in a sense, potentially bigger problems are there at the yeah. table. Um, and so just learning how to relate with, okay, well, this feels like a scary scene. Um, am I going to panic? and just release a bunch of cortisol and be living in some chemical nightmare <laughs> in myself and not sleeping? Or am I going to take the information, have some quality thoughts about it, put it down, go to sleep? Eight hours of sleep has become you know, an incredible tool for me. And if it's not eight hours, like six hours of sleep That's has become amazing, an incredible tool. Get that sleep, wake up, like put the thinking cap on again and, and relate to things from that place. Mm -hmm. And that, that has just taken experience. I don't, hopefully this is like things, you know, that other people could pick up a book and like train your nervous system to be that way. And I think that there are ways to strengthen yourself. Um, for me, the strengthening just came from like, exercising. Yeah. I mean, and it's true, but you do take very good care of yourself. And like you were saying earlier, it is a whole package. Yep. So, I mean, you clearly obviously eat well and you, what of your own stuff do you take? Like what of moon juice do you all ingest? Of all of it? All of it. I mean, it's all there because it is something I've needed. That's the only reason I make anything. What do you do regularly? Like what's, uh, I'm sure you get this question all the time. Yeah. Every day. I mean, right now, I'm using all of it at some point within the span of, you know, a quarter. But daily right now, my kick is and has been for quite some time um, 
do super you in the morning. I do super hair in the morning. I mean, the super hair. Thank you. Yeah, the, super, the super hair is real. <laughs> and so I take that also. The super hair is great for hair and nails, but I'm taking that as my multivitamin. Wait, so that's what I was going to ask you. It is a multivitamin, right? Yep. Female bend to it or just multi? M- multi everybody. Okay. Yep. Um, so I'm doing that and I'm nursing. And so I feel confident enough in that that um, I'm not taking a prenatal to nurse. And this is something that um, I was right there with the scientists formulating. And so I know that it's the cleanest and the most bioavailable. And, you know, we have used... Um, some of the components are so expensive that, you know, your top tier supplement company didn't actually opt to use that supplier because it's just too expensive. We didn't skimp anywhere. So I feel really good about that. Right. Um, I'm taking that and then I make a tonic with sex dust and spirit dust has really been the last few years. I've recently just added brain dust mm-hmm. to the mix. So I'm really, I'm doing sex, spirit, brain and you do them all at the same time? Mm-hmm. I do a teaspoon of each, and then I do a tablespoon of cacao and a tablespoon of maca and the collagen protect and hot water. And I turn and that's that, it. Yeah, and I turn that into a tonic. And then I do magnesium. So I certainly I take the magnesium at night, every night. But I'll sometimes take it during the work day. Just I've to calm you it. down. I'll actually take it if I'm feeling exhausted and unproductive. And so it's strange to relate. Interesting. Y- you want something stimulating. And so what I've done is to actually lean into the relaxation. And the L-theanine that's in that formula helps to get the brain into a flow state. Hmm. And so I've embraced this afternoon lower meditative flow state that we can be just as productive or even more productive by meeting it from that like wider end of the funnel rather than like... That's an interesting point of view. I like that. Yeah, it gets a little more like cosmic feminine way of... But you're not fighting your energy, which I like. It's like you're being like, oh, that's that's the wave, so I'm going to ride it. I'm not going to try and change the wave. Yeah, I'm feeling a little like unfocused and burnt out. Let me hug that. Right. Let me act best from that place. Um... So that's really been working for me in the afternoon, that and maybe like an extra hit of spirit dust. It's really working. Talk about, and you have dream dust too, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about that versus magnesium. Like which, what's the differences? In- so the magnesium is a blend of three types of magnesium and L-theanine. That's working with your brain, that's working with your nervous system, that's working with your immune system, that's working very differently than Dream Dust, which is an adaptogenic blend with some, you know, pro-calm and sleep-promoting botanicals thrown in there. So the adaptogens in that blend are working more with the endocrine system, and the botanicals are working on calming, soothing. I mean, you're getting chamomile in there. That, that's actually a blend that um, you can take at night for sleep 
or you can take if you are just positively freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. Yeah. It's like, here, take some. You should you just, just carry yeah. it with you and give it to other people. Yeah. And so I'd say that actually the two, two together are similar in that they both will have a wonderful effect on you within 15, 20 minutes of taking them. Or some of the other formulas, I mean, all the formulas are going to have a cumulative effect. And so you take them daily and you really, really start to notice things in a few weeks, what's happening to the system, that type of rebalancing um, or remineralizing. But I think that's good to note. So like when you're taking adaptogens and stuff, it isn't that miracle you take it. I mean, for some people it might be right away, yep. but to give it time so that you can really see its effects. Definitely just, you know, show up for the commitment, give it a little bit of time. And then there are two, two types of people that, um, you know, within the super you realm, <laughs> there's the person who is going to come out with radical claims that were legally not even allowed to talk to, but just going on to like Sephora.com and looking at some of the reviews there of people making wild claims about their mood and coming off medication and coming out of deep depressions and, you know, like within 10 days, wild stuff. And then there's the person who's generally healthy and they go through a bottle and they, they weren't sure if they were noticing anything. Once they stop taking it, they I then see. And and that, that I think, is the healthy person's response. Right. Because um, you're already kind of balanced, so you're, you're not noticing there, it as you're much. You're, like, functioning. You're feeling yeah. pretty good in life. Maybe I'm noticing something. Maybe I'm not. And then you take it, and you, woof feel that dip down. Now, for something, and it's funny because you were talking about your son getting older and we're talking about us being kind of kind of difficult teenagers. Mm -hmm. Would something like Super U be good for teenagers? I wish that I had had it, yeah. Because, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, it's such a tumultuous time, the hormones and everything. Do you feel like that would really help balance them a little bit better? I think that it would be balancing, and I think that there's a lot of things that would be really balancing. You know, I don't think that the moods need to be all over the place. I don't think that there needs to be like just painful acne. I think that there, <laughs> know, there's right. a, a, a lot to discover in how we take care of our children so that when we do hit that hormonal flare up, um, we're in different bodies, we have healthy guts, we have healthy nervous systems, and, and we can hold it in a different way. So um, antibiotics, you know, if you're not using antibiotics on young children all the time, they're going to meet puberty in a very different way with a very different gut and a different immune system. If we are not just eating sugar, wheat, and dairy, um, and I mean, I could really get into that too. I don't think that everybody needs to have all these food allergies. And so I wonder about, you know, where did they come from? Right. It's the way we're growing food. It's what's in the food. But also, you know, what about all of those shots that were given? What's in those shots? What are those doing? Have those been linked to food allergies? There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack right. um, just in the way that we are treating the baby and treating the child <laughs> that I don't think sets us up for a peaceful adolescence. 
Right. And mindfulness, you know, bringing some of that to the scene. It's interesting because my daughter's school does like two minutes with these cute little kids. And it's so cute. They don't quite get it yet, but it's okay. They're being like exposed and understand it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, where? Do, how do you feel like you've shifted things for your son that way? How do you try to bring it in as a parent? And do you cook? Mindfulness. Also, mindfulness, all of it. Just the whole... Well, I think the most powerful thing we can do is to take care of ourselves. And, I, and, and our children will live in that vibration. Mm-hmm. Um, Were there I things you had to learn? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut oh, you no, off. No. Were there things you felt like you had to learn how to do better as he's gotten older? Like, did you... Yeah, all- I've, I've had to learn to, like, mind my P's and Q's <laughs> better. Like, in what way? <laughs> Well, you know, there are, like, things that flare up with him, and I like, get all uptight about, like, now he's doing this, and what? Oh, and I've got to, like, correct, how do I correct him? And uh-huh. really, and so maybe I'll get, like, stuck in that thought form for a while, and then, re- and then I'll, like, quietly talk to myself later, and it's like, what do I need to correct in myself? Yeah, relating all the time. to this, um... Because I don't think you can force anyone to do anything. And so how can I be a more supportive parent to him? How can I be less reactive? You know, I feel myself where it's like the, the panic comes in and the like, you know, his, his tantrums come and then they just like flare up like my tantrums <laughs> and then everybody's in a tantrum. And so um, it's, it's a learning place for me. For sure. And I think it could be a learning place for him. He acts very differently when he's in a tantrum space and I have the capacity Just to let him have it. not react to that. And that if he wants to have that experience, he can have that experience and I'll be over here doing something else and how can I help you you look uncomfortable <laughs> it is really funny when they get into that place and, and when you have the ability to stay calm and kind of detach from the emotion of it it almost like when I do that sometimes I have to actually like mind my p's and q's of like almost not laughing because then I see it so clearly like it's not personal when I have the ability to do it and then you realize just what's happening just the so then I have to almost like turn my back and like take a deep breath just to be like you know, to be the normal yeah. one sitting there because it's sometimes very funny, actually. Yeah, I mean, it happened. <laughs> it happened this morning. I'm like, oh, was that this morning? I've been up since um, five. It happened this morning, though. There was a power struggle with my son before school, uh, involving you know that he needed to shower off before he went to school, and he didn't like that. And I was <laughs> like, you know, God damn it! Like, I'm not going to take this sass from you, like, right? Because it's also important to have boundaries. Absolutely. So, you know, this is like... It's always deciding when are... Boundaries. My job as a parent is to keep you safe, keep you... Ner- like, we got to do the things, but there's um, there's a chill way to do that. Absolutely. And I'm, and I'm not always chill about it. And this morning I was not chill about it. Um, 
And so we got into it, and he's like crying and yelling at me. I don't mean to laugh. I just <laughs> I've been there, so oh, I know. No. It's like... And I like hit my thing of like, "Hey, man, like I'm not gonna take your stuff." <laughs> and um, and I have the shower head in my hand, and it's like the shower's heating up, and then all of a sudden the shower head just like was started going it's the wrong <laughs> way, and it's all over him, and it's all over me, and we just broke. And started laughing. And started laughing. And because all you are is dig, both people digging their heels in. And I don't know about you. My child is stubborn. Oh, yes. And I can be stubborn, too. So if oh, we yes. choose to both do it, it's kind of like a waited out scenario. Yeah. It's, and I'm, like, actually nervous as she get old, gets older. It's going to be quite a thing. Oh, yes. But that's really funny. I like that the universe gave you some comedy relief. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I, I can talk here and like we can philosophize about how I'm going to stay really like neutral. I mean, it's the goal, right? For, it's the goal. And then sometimes there's just a power struggle. I know. I find for me, too, I've noticed more and it's my own fault. It's like I realize I'm less patient mm -hmm. in that kind of what you were saying, those days where you're not being that perfect. Like, OK, let me give them their space when it's usually like I'm in a rush or it's not going my way. And that's when I all of a sudden start seeing myself being like, come on. And like all the things I'm saying make sense that she should be stepping up. But in the long run, like when I have a moment, I'm like, you were just more annoyed because you didn't have the time. Yep. And then that's your fault because as a parent, like, you know, give yourself a buffer because they're never going to be perfection getting out, right? Like it's always hard yep. getting them out the door of this. And I've always noticed I'm way worse Yeah. when it somehow like feels like it's jutting against my shit. So the timeline thing is real. It is. My, my son's a Virgo and he's always really concerned with being late. I think that's his worst nightmare. He's like dirty hands and being late. Um, and I'm just like probably way too okay with being late. Right. And so that's always his thread is like, it's, you know, no one's getting grounded. No one's like nothing like that is happening in the house. But definitely that's my threat is like, we have all day. We're gonna be late. Oh, because you know that gets we're gonna them. we're just gonna sit here and be in it. Whether it's late for the birthday party, late for school. I'm such a fan of being late for school. It's like, oh, we're not in a rush. We're oh, oh my god, you're so lucky you have that to work. <laughs> like most people, the, the kid would be like, "What do I give a shit?" <laughs> That's amazing. But I do. The timeline thing is real. It and, is. and also, you know what? Like, it's okay to be late for school. I mean, it's okay in general. That's what I always remind myself. I'm like, oh, who cares in the long run? Like when I'm, I'm it's okay. like, it's okay to miss a day. It's okay to be late. It's okay to, I don't know, like wear the dirty sweatshirt sometimes. Oh yeah. We're, we can be pretty dirty in our house. Yeah. I think it's why my husband and I get along so well. It's like our one really strong common thread. <laughs> um, what do you feel like with the business? Cause I mean, it's been hugely successful. I mean, I like that you said your idea of success has changed since you had your son, which is interesting because that's simultaneous to opening up a business and that your idea of success changed, not about money, about happiness and kind of well, that, stasis. That was actually, that was as a child, that was my, my goal, happiness. Oh, in my body, in my mind, in my spirit, let me just find that contentment and expansiveness. That's all I wanted. That's kind of beautiful. Yeah, and I'm and I'm here now, and so I have more defined goals. Right. <laughs> so you're, you're like, I'm a little more specific with my new moon ceremony. <laughs> what do you, but what do you feel like, has it changed for you with like moon juice? Like, how do you feel like it's what you might have set out to accomplish in the beginning? Do you feel like it's exactly the same now? Or do you feel like you've changed the way you do your business personally? Um, in essence, I still have the same goal. 
what my where my interests lie and what are some of my other little focuses you know that's changed I think that when I started Moon Juice it was very much this like lone soldier mission I opened the place by myself and I had the baby strapped to me and we were doing it and I was like doing press on my own and answering questions and had a very particular point of view and we've got to just um, get this into general consciousness and it's very different. There's a wellness space now. A lot of people are talking about it and so I have less of that um, individual fervor and, and message making and now I feel very motivated and very inspired to build a team. I'm less interested in hearing my voice mm-hmm. um, and getting my point of view and my story out there. I, you know, it was like a, it served its thing. It did what it needed to do. You know, we got, we're on the map. Um, I'm really interested in the group, the community of Moon Juice, and so that is... Know, heavily with my team, but it's also with with people that are part of Moon Juice, and um, it's been a beautiful thing to watch Moon Juice become its own entity. I'm j- I'm I'm a part of it, right? You know, I I truly right. feel it like its own life. I'm like an employee of Moon Juice. Yeah, um, I get I don't, that. I don't have that ownership vibe. I don't have this is I my story. Totally get that. If anything, I feel like I what's the word? I keep going like this. It's like I almost like pull back from that. It's like I almost want to hide from that label. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, um, I think that's great. And that feels like success to me, Mm -hmm. that it has become its own entity. It feels like success to me when I can go into a shop now. And um, it's not like, oh, there's the moon juice girl. And I can kind (laughs) of like blend into the background. And there are people just having an experience with the products and really being guided by the alchemists in our store. Um, That that says, yay, success on track. Um, And I'm more and more excited about being behind the scenes and spending that time with the team. I love it. I I mean, and you also, you're a creator. Like, I mean, you... You do you create all these recipes and these blends. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I love it, right? You were a line cook at Luke's? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, do you cook at home? Like, is that, you still cook for everyone? I do, yeah. What's your favorite go-to? Well, now it's like just so far from any type of line cook. I mean, like, whoa, just pretty lazy. Well, you're a mom. And lazy food. It's a lot of soup and salad. That's not bad, though. What kind of soup? What's your go-to soup? Um, been doing, you know what I got recently was an Instapot. Love. I'm still trying to figure out how the Instapot is, like, easier and making more time. I'm like, wait, it's a pot <laughs> that's plugged into the wall. I could be using... A regular... My other pot. Yeah, you can, and just have it on a low simmer. <laughs> If, absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm trying to stick with it. I'm, like, I'm going to find the genius in the Instapot. Um, been doing that. I've been just kind of getting back into maybe some of my roots. Like I'm really just into peasant food. Like you know? a stew? Like a stew and like a salad. I, like, I love a stew. Like just really getting into a fruit 
or a vegetable on their own. Um, we've been going out to Kauai a bunch and so really appreciating just like a banana off the tree. I feel mm-hmm. like I've gone way simple on things. Um, you know, I enjoy eating. There are these raw black olives that I really like. And just like sitting with that, feeling f- the texture of them. Do you feel like you taste. feel like that in your life in general? Like kind of wanting to go into more simplicity? Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting just like giving lots of things away. I feel like that too now. I don't really want so much stuff. Kind of just want to take things one one step at a time. And it does. It does show up in the kitchen. Like, I just want to eat this asparagus. <laughs> I just want to have... Here you guys go. Dinner is asparagus. This, <laughs> like, Lola Rosa lettuce with some olive oil. I want to check that out on its own. Um, yeah, I'm feeling that way in general about a lot of things. There's so much content that we're pulled in, in so many directions and you can become a slave to that. Absolutely. And feel spun out and, and like you do not have grounding within yourself to have your own experience. And so I, I think in the face of all of that, I've noticed on my own time that there is a pulling back, you know? Yeah, do you feel like especially who you are and what you created and especially being at the forefront of kind of this generation of wellness, from what you're saying now of simplicity and pulling back in content, do you feel like you were kind of pushed in the forefront of like content and whether it be, you know, social media is such a thing now that guides people. I don't always think in the most intelligent ways, mm-hmm. but it does. It's like it creates this these beacons that people automatically follow. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, like hearing kind of how you're talking, how do you mesh with that? Well, you know, there, there is so much stuff out there and sometimes I can like have a little caffeine and get excited, (laughs) you know, like hop into the ocean and ride the waves and check things out and like what, like feeling inspired and feeling uninspired by other things and and then I you know it's like I get out of the ocean and dry off and go do something else right do you feel like you feel like this responsibility to have to output content well, I'm a business person and so I see the opportunity um there's a monetary opportunity, mm-hmm. obviously. And then there's a part of me that has fun with it. Um, I work w- with someone on my team, and she and I had a lot of fun with it. To me, it's fun. It's like collaging, you know, mm-hmm. making some images, finding some images, um, having lots of things that I feel excited about talking about, whether that is, um, you know, like a constituent in an herb or um, some mindfulness sentiment that was helpful to me. And so I think that has been an important distinction I've had within myself is, um, hey, either I need to get on board with... um, enjoying 
making content or I just need to quit. Right. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I, you know, it's, uh, that's well, not then it's, fun. Right, that's well, not you're not fun. being you. Yeah, and it's like this weird obligatory thing and the world doesn't need more obligatory content with like a dragging the feet, like, well, here's an image with like not much to say I don't want to relate to it in that way and so I've really um and it did start to get there was some fatigue there for a minute and so I just um saw that in myself and um shook things up a little bit and so now I have a great partner on my team helpful that I just relate to it in hey this is cool this is an opportunity that we get to talk to people and we should be stoked or we should step down well, you've been doing amazing things. Your products are great. By the way, I mean, not that I'm the first to tell you that. What I also love about them is the taste. Oh, yeah. Because Which is great because yeah. I feel like sometimes when you're taking, like, multiple pills, it's like you take them and it's almost like, I know this is going to be good for me, and you do it, and there's always this aftertaste or something, and you're trying. They're, like, it's so smooth. Everything that I've used of yours has been so smooth, and the taste is great, and so it makes the experience even more enjoyable than just feeling like you're doing something great for yourself. Yeah, it's like the actual it. process is enjoyable, yeah. which I love because, again, I don't – like with the super hair, I was like, oh God, four. Oh no, four. Cause like normal. And then I was like, oh, these are so easy. They're so easy to swallow. They taste fine. They taste great. It actually becomes super easy. And it must be something that your body likes. You know? Yes. That, that, I always tell people, you know, it's like even with pill form supplements, if it's working for you, you're going to have a pull right. to that. That's There's interesting. It's be a little magnetic pull. It should, should be a fun moment. It's a it's a celebratory moment for me when I'm like, ooh, yeah, I get to take my super you and my super hair. I love the same thing, and like I do to get, and then like the collagen, like in the shake, it's like it actually makes it taste better. Yeah, I, I like the, those. Those should be indulgent moments. Yeah, in our you know like first world life where we get to take these yeah supplements if we're lucky. Yeah, and it's interesting you said that because it goes back to everything you're saying. It's all about the overall experience. It's not one thing. So just the supplement itself isn't the magic. Part of it is also the experience mm-hmm. and kind of where your head's at. Mm-hmm. So I like that you just said that. That's nice. Yeah, and what are you going to do with that for the rest of the day? Cool. So you took something that's going to, like, lower your cortisol 30% and it's going to do some things to your brain and, you know, to your skin and to your cells and to your HPA. Like, okay, you've been gifted this, And then, most importantly, what are you going to do with it? I mean, truly, that's why we're taking care of ourselves, right? But again, that goes to your point of these aren't magic pills. Like, you are the person and the sole part of any movement of yourself. Yes. And so, like, if you're going to take it, there's you're, like, signing a contract with it. Now what? Like, what's your part stepping into it? Right. And so, for me, you know, it's like I, I take these things because they give me a little bit of space and a little more momentum within myself to show up for myself in a bigger way, like um, go for a walk, take a cold shower, have some pranayam, listen to a mantra, um, have a nice interaction socially with someone that 
feeds the next thing because yep. that gives you a little more energy and they just take you. And eventually, you know, the point is that you're doing all these things and you reach out to another mm-hmm. and you give them something. And, you know, we're like those little paper dolls holding yeah, hands. <laughs> like you, you, you feed yourself until you have enough momentum that you reach out to the other. That's beautiful. So on that note, let's do your four use Four quick questions with four quick answers before we do your personal practice. Okay. What do you do when you first wake up? Well, I think there's like a, a nice little sigh of, huh, I'm, I'm here. Like, yeah, it's another day. I'm here. And then um, I go straight into nursing my baby, which is like a delicious yeah cuddly oxytocin in the dark like oh I'm here and I'm in love I used to love feeding her in the dark like it was just like just this sweet little moment of just the two of you yeah I love that um what has been the most or one that you recall inspirational book or teacher for you hmm I don't know if I can pinpoint it down to one thing. I would say there have been so many people, places, things, practices that have brought me to that one place in myself of um, some some silence and um, faith. So don't know that I can pick one thing. I mean, like theme of the day, it's not one thing, right? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Is there a practice that you particularly like to do? I would say the same thing, that there have been several practices that have been um, incredible tools for me that have brought me into um, a place of clarity within myself. I mean, I get it. That's why here I always say we don't do one lineage. We open it up because I want people to figure out what works for them. And it changes and you need different things at different times. Yep. Um, what's your current obsession? I mean, my baby. You're going to say that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you something more interesting. Um, current obsession, you know, if not my baby... I'm obsessed with my team right now. I love that. That's great. I'm obsessed with my team and I'm obsessed with growing the team with who we've got at the table and bringing more together. I just um, have never felt more inspired. Oh, it's nice when your team inspires you. Yes. Would you, if you could do, or if you had to do any other job, what would it be? Midwife. Oh, you didn't even miss a beat. Nope. Nope. I'd say every three days, I'm heartbroken that I didn't get to be a midwife in this life. Never know. Uh, we shall see. You shall see. Never say never. Isn't that what we <laughs> opened this conversation <laughs> with? Isn't that how it all started? What a pleasure to sit down with you. I feel like you have such a beautiful outlook on life and just the day-to-day and how to keep the stability and love happening which is so beautiful especially coming from someone I mean it's hard because you are so stable in a beautiful way I think people don't realize actually how much 
at least from this, it's really hard to have a business and you're doing so much in the fact that you're behind all the creation and the marketing and the IG and all of that and to have this like beautiful take of it all just says so much and I think it's such a practice that so many people can learn from. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. So nice sitting with you. Yeah, so nice sitting with you too. And we will be back for her personal practice. is going to lead us in our personal practice, which is actually a few practices. Yeah, so I, um, you know, I live by these handful of things that are free and they're really based in, you know, successful humanity um, and they don't take rocket science or an app or um, a special outfit. (laughs) And so the things that have been most important and most helpful for me in life have been really simple. Um, Walking, that is the way I choose to move my body. Walking and functional movement wherever you are. Eight hours of sleep has been monumental. It has put the gas behind a lot of these paid, more arduous things that I do for my wellness without the eight hours of sleep behind it. They don't do anything. Um, Relating to humans in in an intimate, safe, loving way, um, again, has put the gas behind some of these um, more complicated wellness practices. Um, breathing, pranayama. I mean, pranayama is a fancy way of saying breathing, so let's just call it breathing. Um, Stretching, getting in the body. Again, you could call it yoga. You could call it Pilates. It really doesn't have to be that. It can just be getting in your body and stretching, and that goes back into the functional movement. Um, And some silence. And so you can call it meditation. Um, Sometimes I like to just call it silence and presence because meditation can sound tricky and like you've got to pay someone and learn a new skill. You really don't. Um, Sitting there for some amount of time, quiet with yourself is an incredible thing to do every day. And so those are the things that if I didn't practice that, None of my, and we can call them meditation and pranayama and lymphatic stimulation and adaptogens. All of that means nothing without that sleep, walking, healthy human connection, and some space and time to myself. Talks podcast would not exist without these incredible people, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, Hayden Fungheiser, Kim Bielek, and music by Alex Fetter. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search Den Talks podcast, and join us there. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.